Our first scripture reading is Barak, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Take off the garment of your sorrow and affliction, Jerusalem, and put on forever the beauty of the glory from God. Put on the robe of the righteousness that comes from God. Put on your head the diadem of the glory of the Eternal One. For God will show your splendor everywhere under heaven. For God will give you evermore the name, righteous peace, godly glory. Rise up, Jerusalem. Stand upon the height. Look toward the east and see your children gathered from west and east at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that God has remembered them. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. I thank my God every time I think of you. In every prayer I utter as I plead on your behalf, I rejoice at the way you have all continually helped promote the good news from the very first day. And I am sure of this much, that God, who has begun the good work in you, will carry it through to completion, right up to the day of Christ Jesus. It's only right that I should entertain such expectations about you, since I hold all of you dear, you who are all partakers of grace with me, even when I lie in prison or am summoned to defend the solid ground on which the good news rests. God knows how much I long for each of you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. My prayer is that your love may abound more and more, both in understanding and in wealth of experience, so that with a clear conscience and blameless conduct, you may learn to value the things that really matter up to the very day of Christ. It's my wish that you be found rich in the harvest of justice with Jesus Christ has ripened in you, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there were two readings from scripture this morning. You probably recognize Philippians, but you may be thinking, wait a minute, Baruch? That, that wasn't in the list of names I memorized in Sunday school. Baruch is one of the apocryphal works that we often find in the Catholic Bible, but for some reason it was left out of the Protestant Bible. Maybe it sounded too Catholic. But it was part of that orthodox faith, and it was very important. These writings were very well known in Jesus' times. These were a part of the scripture that he knew, and our New Testament writers, like Paul, knew very well. Part of our identity, centuries before Jesus, and all the way up to about 500 years ago, was found in these apocryphal works part of the magnificent gift that God gives us in scripture. And it's a gorgeous piece of poetry. It's just beautiful. Listen, take off your mourning clothes and the oppression and rather dress yourself in dignity. Wrap justice around you like a robe. It's the peace that comes with justice, the honor that comes with reverence that we hear from this person, this writer, this prophet Baruch. Baruch was actually Jeremiah's scribe and is yet another prophetic voice calling us to adorn ourselves 
in a new story. There are other storytellers that are there throughout this canon. This canon, the one that is central to us, has certainly given us the center stage ones, the ones that we know so well, the ones that we hear year after year at this time of year. But we need to also be aware that these, these are amazing. Our theme this morning is making a place at the table. And in that e-weekly article I sent, I told you a little analogy about musical chairs. I talked a little bit about it in the threshold moment this morning, too, where we take a chair away and we assume that there's lack. We assume that there's not enough. And this beautiful poetry from Philippians, God's love is becoming more and more rich as we are filled with the fruit of righteousness. And in this passage, in this Philippians passage, it says that we may learn to value things that really matter. So what really matters? Certainly this time of pandemic has forced us or invited us to think about or to discern what really matters. Last week we talked in Advent 1 about hope, about making room in the inn. We thought about the child that is coming to us. We've cleaned out a room because we need to make a nursery, right? That's what the practical application would be if we were having our own biological child. But for those of us who are not the biological parents of this child, this Christ child, how are we making room? Deborah, if you could put up the first slide there. This week on Facebook, I posted this beautiful slide by Barbara S. Germier on how to be a manger. Be empty. Be sturdy. Be soft inside. Be still. Be ready. That's what Advent is all about, isn't it? finding that stillness within ourselves, preparing ourselves to be ready for the birth of that Christ child. And cleaning out for that new baby means there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to go on the yard sale or a rummage sale or to the thrift store or to, let's face it, half of what we own needs to go to the garbage. Nobody else will take it. I mean, even the thrift store will not take it. And it will not be sold at a yard sale. We are junk addicted. But God still loves us amazingly. So last week for Advent 1, we cleaned out and we made room. We talked about the hope of what was to come and fill the space that we cleared. Grace and Mafio reminds us as we celebrate Advent, too, that there's going to be food served. You heard Miss Veronica talk about that table where food is going to be served. And we need to make room on this table for the new one who is coming to be with us. It doesn't matter how small our table is. You will find a way to make room for those who are loved, and you are loved. There's always room at the table. Marsha McPhee tells the story of a friend who had triplets, and they had a table, but they didn't really have enough money to get another table or three high chairs or whatever it took, so they cut three holes in the table and put in a child seat. 
they bolted the child's seat underneath it so the kids could just sit right there at the table, put a little tea towel around them to make them comfortable. And there they had it, room at the table for this blessing, this wonderful new addition to their family. They figured out a way to welcome the abundance that they had not expected in their lives, no matter how small the space they had was. That letter from Philippians that Veronica read is such a love letter. Many times when we approach Paul, we approach with anxiety because he's scolding those churches that he's writing to. But the church at Philippi, we just want to hang out with this Paul because he is just Paul in love with the church. Love will find a way to add another place, to make a place for you. If your table is not big enough, check your love. It's not the table's problem, it's your heart. It's a heart problem when we don't feel like there's enough. When God has given all that God has, God's abundance in this world. And Baruch, that other scripture reading, is probably extended poetry that's reflecting on the experience of exile, that is the experience of homelessness, the experience of being a refugee, which was so prevalent in biblical times. How can God live inside us if we don't have a home anymore? And so it is very relevant to the Advent season, very relevant to our current life, and such, such a beautiful passage. Baruch was particularly loved by the Orthodox churches in Ethiopia and Eritrea. These experiences were crucial to our first African-American Christian churches. And we have other passages in this Advent season that talk about our clothing. And, and if you are homeless, your clothing is your only shelter. And so it is an essential gift from God. God clothes us with the peace that comes from justice, the honor that comes from a reverence for God. That righteous branch of our righteousness is something we participate in. Our justice comes from what we get down on our knees and do with God together in the dirt and mess of human life. When we are planting justice together with those who are just throwing off their oppression, we have the opportunity for peace. Peace is something that we plant together and build together. And not a crumb, not a crumb that we just toss off the table to those who can't sit with us. This is the children that were gathered from west to east. This is the children that are all gathered together. This is the idea of this inclusivity that is not us and them. It is all of us together. Throughout the Bible, we read about the people gathered from west to east. That happens over and over again in the Hebrew Bible from west to east, gather us all together. And John Berkowitz reminds us that one of the things that the Old Testament repeats so often is God's commands to take care of the widow, the orphan, women, children, and immigrants. If we are caring for women and children and immigrants and planting justice and peace for them, we're creating a community that will care for everyone and bringing new life wherever we go. And so the East and the West is a reminder, I think, of that biblical call for justice for immigrants of every generation. 
And that, again, is one of these Advent themes where Joseph and Mary become immigrants that are going to become refugees. And God in Jesus will grow up as a homeless immigrant. Deborah, could you put the slide up? This is a slide, this is a picture by Kelly Lattimore who draws these beautiful icons. This one's called La Sagrada Familia. And it's depicting the flight into Egypt, but with the Holy Family depicted as Latin American migrants. It's very poignant to see how this continues to exist today. This idea of these refugees, these immigrants, Christ seeking that all may be included at the table. And as a call for us to provide housing for the holy, which is within each of us, which means immigrants and those who are displaced. It really gives substance to what in Philippians it's saying so that you are able to decide what really matters. This week, won't you join me in reflecting on what really matters to us and to God and how to focus our energies on the whole world that God loves instead of just worshiping a part of it as we bring peace to those who have been displaced, as we help those who've thrown off the garment of oppression and have been clothed with the garments of peace. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.